Wow, Janet Lee, those songs are right from your heart. I, <clears throat> I know that. I can feel it. That is so absolutely spiritual. That's what I would have to say. Just spiritual. Thank you so much. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, friends and people who listen to my broadcasts. May God bless you today in the endeavor of this message which is carrying on with this uh, astounding Bible revelation of the universe. Today is part 14, and the title that we have chosen for this teaching is called The Last, L-A-S-T, The Last Dragon. And it will be interesting. So get on board. You are so welcome to be here. And if you find this message just absolutely enthralling and opening up the antennas of your mind, well, invite friends, family, that you think would be not offended and willing to listen, because this message can't do anything but good for the people of God. Okay, so let's Look at a scripture in the book of Luke, Luke 14. It's one that most every Christian knows. And the devil taking him, which is described in the fourth verse as Jesus, and we are looking at chapter 4 of Luke, verse 5, and now we have taught in the past that the word and can have many, many additional meanings that it is, that it is bringing to a, to a verse because it is supplementary and, and it adds uh, to the intent and to the content. And I won't get into the uh, theological, philosophical, whatever you want to call it, spiritual, uh, way of uh, how that happens because I have commented on it before. And the devil taking him, Jesus that is, up into a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now, if Jesus was taken up and he went to an earth mountain. There wouldn't be a mountain high enough on the planet to be able to see the whole earth in a moment because of the curvature of the earth. And you would have to have tremendous vision at, on top of that. But what the scripture really says here in the King James is that the devil took him up into a high mountain. And the word isn't on top of a high mountain, but is into a high mountain. Now, 
there is a major difference from being on top of something and being into something. So if you go inside of a mountain, like in the cave, very interesting, from a cave you'd be able to see in a moment all of the world, of the earth, or especially of the universe. Well, when we look at the potential translation of the word mountain, it can mean mountain like a big, huge pile of dirt and rock, but it can also mean a high-rise, a high place. And if he took him into something with regard to that high place, then the whole scenario seems to be more leaning toward there being a, a craft, that Jesus was taken up in this craft. No doubt one of Satan's crafts called Zams. That's Z-A-M-S, or in Canadian, Z-A-M-S, Zams. And from this Zam, with all his computers, and with a person being able to put their mind right into this translation hold, Something could happen in a moment. Well, we get the idea here that this isn't paralleled with the age in which Jesus was living and walking on the face of the earth in the time of the Roman Empire, in the time of the disciples walking upon the dust of the earth and using, using you know, a towel and wash pot to wash their feet from their trail upon the earth through the sands and, and the dust. So the devil, Lucifer, Satan, very, very advanced. He's very advanced in knowledge. And of course, the Bible describes Lucifer as being the epitome of wisdom, that there being hardly any comparable being to his his knowledge, that he is the sum of wisdom and knowledge. The sum of it. And we see that described here in this scripture. How that this high mountain isn't a mountain like an earth dirt rise. But it's got to do, and if you can look this up for yourself in, in the concordance, it's got to do with this high place this high position. We will call it a high position, that high position being inside one of Satan's, Satan the devil, Lucifer Satan, Satan's Zam, Z's or Z-A-M. And in a moment, and the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, how can Satan, who knew very well who Jesus was, make such a statement? Well, because, don't lose your place in Luke, in Revelations 9, 
as part of, uh, of the settlement of the war, which it describes in the 12th chapter of, of Revelations, that there, that there was war in heaven as a settlement for part of his final capitulation upon defeat. defeat chapter 9 says, And again, the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And we've done a teaching on this, how that this, this pit is not a pit on earth. There's no pit, no matter how deep you dig it, unless you dig a hole all the way through earth, that it's bottomless. But in the space of the heavens, there is bottomless space. And so this, this pit, you know, you can almost think of it more like a black hole, but we're not saying it is a black hole, but it certainly is a relative. Now, people think, well, a black hole, you would just be compressed, that'd be the end. Uh, not necessarily. There are contradicting forces that exist in a black hole so that there is both compression and repulsion attraction and repulsion and that certain areas of the black holes do have areas that are not compression areas now I'll save that for some of my more scientific kind of teachings but we explained how that when it says in the and he opened the bottomless pit and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace. The sun and the air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit. Notice that the things that were affected by it were the sun, which is a long ways from earth, and air here meaning space, and the space. This is what was affected by this smoke. And as to smoke, there are so many meanings we can apply to that. We can apply the resonance. We can apply the, um, the, the, the aspect of, of uh, materialistic um, uh, debris that is left over from manufacturing. But there's a tremendous manufacturing that he takes over and he is involved in. And we see that as a result of what comes out of the smoke, it's locusts. And they came out with power as serpents of the earth have power. So this empowerment, this motivation, this actuation, wasn't something that was destructive. It was something that was creative. And the scorpions were given power as a result of it. We see going back to Luke 4, verse 5, and verse 6, verse 6, And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, 
and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whosoever I will. Now, he says this was delivered unto him. We see in the ninth chapter of, of Revelations that an angel gave him, was delivered unto, delivered unto to Lucifer a key. Someone says, well, how do you know that's Lucifer? Well, just read it over in chapter 9, verse, verse 11. And they had a king over them, which was the angel of the bottomless pit. And, uh, and it's talking after a list of all these uh, various kinds of locusts and scorpions with the power that they had. Wow. So, so there's something very interesting. In verse 9, it talks about their breastplates. And, and we know that this is talking about, you know, the, the vehicular uh, aspect that is very far advanced uh, in the, uh, contained within the description of the breastplates and also connecting uh, to, the, uh, uh, to, to the, the animal creation, this beast creation, this computer-like animal robotic creation, and its attachment uh, to the very computerized uh, Zam. And so, back to the fourth book of Luke, sixth verse. And the devil said unto him, all, all this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. Now, we've got the power on one side, and he's not personifying this power, is he? Because why is he causing this power, which, is, which can be dualistic or can be pluralistic, but it's, you know, in, it's not powers, it's power. So it's in this it's singular, singular term. But suddenly it says, all this power I will, I will give thee and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me. Now the only them that it speaks of that came out of this bottomless pit in chapter 9 of Revelations was the scorpions and the locusts. So this is called by the devil, by Lucifer Satan, a glory. Because the incredibility, the superiority of their creation is fantastically, supremely advanced. And there has never been anything like this. There has never been any man-made robot, android, or any kind of technological achievement by the mortals that even comes close to this creation of these creatures who are called them, which he says, I will let you be involved. I will let you be involved with this, this army. Originally, the plan was to allow Jesus Christ, who he was, to choose to submit to Lucifer, Satan, the devil, and to accept this offer. But when he did not accept it, then later it was given to the son of perdition, 
who is the person that committed treason against Jesus Christ. Now I know that there is a book, an old book, on this treasonous person that claims that he did not commit treason. But I do not accept it or believe it because the story of the treason is described in other parts of the Bible and predicted as a prophecy. Therefore, any word that contradicts cannot be a true word. Therefore, I do not accept. So, Jesus was offered this. And then he put a tag on it. He said, I'll give all of this to you if you will worship me. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Now notice that in verse 5 it says, and the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed him into the kingdoms. Now there is definitely a difference between the meaning of all these names. Like, there's a, there's are different lists of Satan's names. Baal, B-A-A-L, which means the sun and the worship of the sun, S-U-N. And the father of liars. And Satan, the devil, the dragon, the serpent, and God. And these are all names that are used by Satan. So this is all extremely neat. And Revelations 2, 12 through 13 talks about the seat of Satan. And that is a very important understanding because, you know, there are there is Bible about this. And the seat comes in different times when you're talking about the thrones or, or, or you're talking about, you know, the, the heavens are the throne of God, the, the earth is the footstool, so that we see that the throne isn't just exactly put down into the earthly realm of being the footstool, that the throne or the seat is a concept elevated above just earthly aspects of reality. So as we look at that and we consider that, we notice then we notice then how that although it starts off saying and the devil was took took him up, that he does not come back, and we're speaking of Jesus in verse eight, and say unto the devil, Get thee behind me, you know, devil. But instead he says, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. So he moves this devil up a higher notch in recognition of who this devil really is, which coincides with Revelations 9, that this, this devil, this Satan, still has the power to change himself, transform himself into an angel of light. The judgment 
white throne judgment has not happened yet. He has been put in abeyance. He is loosed with certain liberties. Because until there is a judgment, he's innocent till proven guilty. And that happens at the judgment. The great white throne judgment. And so, nevertheless, Jesus recognizes and knows who he is and says, Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Not just devil, but Satan. So, that is very interesting. Now, I would remind you at this time how that in the manifest revelation, manifest realization, um, there is the revelation of of the Ak or Akkad. And um, in that revelation of the Akkad, there is the um, the the realization of the mystery of time and the power of reiteration, like the secret of the meaning of the time, times, and a, and a half times, which through an Akka revelation, uh, God has revealed through a new kind of math called logistical rhythmatics, which is both uh, lyric and figurative math. Because in connected with this Akka, uh, is Akava in in uh, the Hebrews concordance and uh, Hebrew and, and Chaldean concordance two six eight Akava means solution of riddles. So there is provided through the the overall meaning as described in two sixty two of the Hebrew concordance the sense and the power of utterance, Paul called it a door of utterance, connected to Act 251, a kindred, a brother, connected with Acca 258, the collection of one's thoughts, empowering a person to go one way or the other, and connected with Eka. Ekad, Ekad, E C H A D, number 259 from number 258 in the Hebrew Chaldean Concordance as revealing a number, a number which is not just a singularity, a uh, uh, strange way to call it, or a singular epic, but is a united number. And this united number then creates, enfolds many numbers to become one echad, one number. And they ultimately, when sewn together and unfolded, represent as in Hebrew 268 concordance, akava, solution of riddles. So I've shared that with you before, but, you know, you just need to have it again. Then just going over a little bit of the past, 
we mentioned how that there are many terms in the Bible that people have written off. They say that they're just they're just imaginative figures. They're um, mythology and terms like unicorn, U-N-I-C-O-R-N, which has several different scriptures describing it, which I've given you in the past. And, um, you know, figures about um, the Leviathans. Uh, sometimes I like to call it the Levitical Leviathans because we see in the New Testament of Revelations that the beast has the woman riding on his back and that there is a representation of the false church. So the Leviathan is somehow involved in a pseudo-Levitical aspect of things. So we covered how that terms like the unicorn, the Leviathan, terms like dragon, D-R-A-K-O-N, uh, the god who was part man, part flesh, terms like drago, about the dragons, which has, you know, over 22, I believe it is, as scriptures, terms like behemoth, that these should not be looked at as just myth mythological, uh, mythological, pardon me, should not be looked at as just mythological, because there are many, many scriptures, and these scriptures are telling some stories that right now is just not understood. But I, we made it the point that people should not get excited because only less than 5% of the ocean floor in the sense of underworld has been deciphered. Less than 5% of the universe has been deciphered. And we could go on and on and on and, and, and to say that even all the species that live on earth have not been discovered. And so with all of the things that have not yet been discovered are not yet known, how should anyone be so ignorant as to make an emphatic statement that, that certain descriptive things in the Bible are just stupid or mythological? Well, eventually they will be made fools. And then we mentioned how that there are various things that happen of a fairly outstanding significance. They're sometimes a result of the weather, sometimes they're the result of chemical uh, exp experiments. But they happen, and they're made apocalyptical. They're made that this is, this is a sign of the end of times. And last week we gave a lot of scriptures to show people that, that these signs that are given are many times signs that, that, that is given to us. And we gave the, the scripture in Jeremiah 10, 2 as an example. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, 
and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen, heathen are dismayed at them. And we showed by many examples that many times that these signs that seem to be extreme happening in the heavens and on earth, that they're actually signs to God's people saying, come on, get on board. God is moving by his spirit and he's speaking to you by these signs and wonders and saying, you know, God is moving by his spirit in all the earth and he's got, he's got a message for you. He's, he's got something he wants you to know. Now for our teaching today, we called it the last dragon. I did not know that term had ever been used before. But later this week, I discovered that um, the animal planet, some time ago, created a video called The Last Dragon. And I found that very satisfying, uh, that um, the term was around, and, and not that that name was so absolutely uh, exclusive that no one could have thought of it because that would not be the case. It, it is a rendering that would be something that could be put together. But I don't think that, that there's very many renderings, if any, out there exactly what I am going to bring to you today or along the lines of what I'm going to share with you today. But in my presentation that we mailed out, we mentioned that we're going to get into this last dragon subject. And we're going to break it down into five strings of resonance. Number one, the string of the great star dragon, past of the angelic wars. We're talking about astronomy here, as well as spirit battles of the angels. We're going to not get into the into the deep unfolding of this because we've already done teachings on it, but we're going to try to tie this whole subject of the dragons together. That's number one, the string, the string of resonance of the great star dragon past of the angelic wars. Two, the string of the primitive earth past of actual literal living dragons. Number three, the string of resonance of the dragon of the principalities of darkness from Adam to present time. Number four, the string of the genetic dragon resonance imbued into humankind. And number five, the string of the living dragon computer until the closing of the ages. Now, I am not going to try to be... Uh, overzealous into thinking that I can get all of these teachings done today. But we will do as much of it as we can. And we will, uh, we will find it very interesting. Let's just take a little bit of time and let's look at um, first this dragon that is tied into the stars. Uh, if we turn to Revelations 12, we see where it says, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven. 
Now, signs and wonders, they do appear in heaven. And this sign and wonder was certainly not just apocalyptic in the sense that that the end of the world was all that it was about. It was not only historical, it was historical way, way back prior to the making of the earth. And yet it was a wonder that we as human beings, as mortals, as people who call ourselves Christians, who are interesting to know the questions of Job 38, who are we? What is man that thou art, art, that you're interested in us? Where were we when the morning stars sang together for joy? And the sons of God shouted, where were we? And there appeared a great wonder. It's not some minor trivial thing. It's a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Well, there is a scripture in Philippians that is really quite beautiful. And it basically shows how that when Jesus looks at us fallen ophanim, looks at us in the state of sin, for all have sinned, and that this sin, according to Romans 8, was brought into the world by Adam so that that sin might be magnified and the angels in their new minds as mortals who are now living in a, a sea of, of turmoil and we're now living in the land of forgetfulness might be able to be given this presentation so that they could search for their memories, which the Bible promises that could be returned to us by the Holy Spirit. And just as Jesus, when he looks at us, he sees us who we are and, and what we were before we fell. Well, this scripture here, if you put the period where the period is and stop, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon was under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. You could stop right there, or you could add the next verse. And she, being with child, cried, and this being part of the creation plan, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And you could put a period right there. And you could go back in time and say, I was there. That was, I was part of that. That was me. I was symbolically represented in that woman. And, and what a beautiful de depiction. A great wonder in the heavens. Clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. The moon is also a symbol for the church. And upon her head a crown of twelve stars. The circuits of the Soundtron and many other uh, representations in a parallelogram that is presented here. And in travail, in the very acts of being ready for bringing forth creation. And you stop right there and say, that is me. So when the Bible says in Job 38, where, where were you and who are you? And then it answers it and says, well, you know, for you were there. Just like in in the book of John 14, when Jesus said, I'm going away to my father's house. 
And where I go, you know. And one of the disciples says, Jesus, we don't know. Well, Jesus knew that they did. There had to be a function. There had to be a stirring up by the Holy Spirit, their memories, so that they could remember who they once were and remember and be restored because the Lord is the restorer of paths to dwell in. Blessed be the name of the living God. So let's go on. Verse 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns. And we describe this, seven heads and ten horns, quite differently from what most other ministries do. They, most ministries want to apply these seven horns to, to, to specific nations. But... Uh, we do not apply to Pacific nations. We, we take the basis of, of the scripture in the book of Ephesians 6.12 that says, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. So when you want to render it and say, well, they, this was the Greeks and this is the Romans, well, the further we get up the road, when we get, when we get to the year 3,000, 500. Someone says, well, we're never going to get to the year 3,500. Yeah, you probably won't. Not even, not even in a regenerated body, unless you get an attitude change. But the times, times, the time, times, and, and the half times are not what you think. And there's a, a scripture in the Holy Manifest book that says, what you see is what is not. What you see and, and this is so important. What you see is what is not. Or, let's put it this way, what you see is not what is. That's better. What you see is not what is. What you see is what is not. So there's a place in God that we have to come into an understanding of being able to see things that are contrary to what our eyes tell us that we're looking at. They say with the slightest changes in our brain, the whole color mode system could change. Instead of looking at blue skies, we could, we, we could be looking at red skies because there would just be enough change so that the, the old peg, the tent, would be changed in our interpretation in the, in the neuro factor. And then we would see different colors at everything that we look at. And, and that would apply to different forms that would be changed just based on neural factors that would be minutely altered in our brains. Well, there, there's a whole world out there. The Bible says, you know, things that are seen are made of things that do not appear. So there is a reality for that manifest scripture that I quoted you. And that's all Bible, and that was in the book of Hebrews. Blessed be the name of God. And there appeared another great wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads. Okay, and I was going to read you the seven, the, 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 what the seven heads uh, in a different way than, you know, you look, look, to me, look at um, uh, the uh, book of, um, <clears throat> of uh, Proverbs chapter 6. In verse 16, these... Six things does the Lord hate. 
Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Now we know how important this thing of abomination is. The Bible talks about in Daniel when the abomination of desolation standeth in the holy place. Jesus said, whosoever readeth in Daniel of the abomination, let him be sure that he understands what he reads. Why would he say that? Why would he put that down historically? Because he knew that what, was, what is in man, and he knew that they were going to interpret it, and they were, going to give, they were going to give the reference of that and the rendering of that in a literalized sense to different nations. So that these different nations, like Grecians and Romans, could be considered to be one of the heads of the dragon, which is the very empowerment of, of Satan, which is all connected to the wisest, the, the summit of all knowledge, and make something greater out of those nations, which in the future, in the year, thousands of years A.D. from now, those nations will hardly even be known or remembered because there will have been so many other kinds of nations even greater that will rise. And that's not putting down the Greeks. That's not putting down the Romans. It's just that, as even Jesus himself said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. And we can apply that to every, all the happenings in the history of the world, that there's going to be greater works than any of these because when the Lord goes to the Father, he says, except I go, I cannot send you the Holy Spirit. Well, because of the Holy Spirit, that will lead us and guide us into all truth, which by the very statement means that the world has not been led and, guide, and, and guided into all truth, that that is an act that must still yet happen. You will be led and guided into all truth, and, and the Lord can re will restore your memory. Because it says he will bring to remembrance all things. Wow. And so these six things in verse 16 of chapter 6 of Proverbs, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet swift running in mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, he that soweth discord among the brethren. You know, they all represent seven demons. The demon of pride, the demon of lies, the demon of murder, the demon of deceit, the demon of lust, the demon of false uh, witness, and the demon of discord. They're all in this list that it gives. Seven are abomination. So you have the seven and you have the three. We have what we call the satanic trinity. Jesus said, your father Satan, so we know that there's a father aspect. We know there's a son aspect. And we know there's an evil spirit aspect. All contained within this concept of, of Ephesians 6.12 that talks about the principalities and the powers that are at war and that it is not flesh and blood that we fight, but these principalities and powers of the heavens. Wow. Ephesians 6.12. Look it up for yourself. Okay, back to the 12th chapter of Revelations. And there appeared a great red dragon. 
Now, all those things mean something. Great means something. Red means something. And dragon means something. Now, the fact that this dragon is great, it means he encompasses, he encloses the total of his conductivity, the total of his incorporateness is so vast that no average mind is going to, going to be able to capitulate because of having to achieve that knowledge. They're just going to capitulate because they have failed God but not because they've achieved the knowledge of who this Satan is. Had they achieved the knowledge of how great this Satan is, who he was, then they might have used everything within their heart, soul, mind, and strength to fight off the powers of darkness so as to not ever become a part of, of Satan's kingdom. But his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to earth. Now these 12 crowns, these 12 stars that were in the crown of the woman are the only stars that are mentioned in this chapter. And they collectively represented the crown of the head of the woman or the crown upon the head of the woman. But there's a connectedness there in that circuitry of the very soundtron of the Word of God, of the very interconnectedness of the tribal aspects of the people of God who are interwoven into the aspect of the, inter uh, of the destinata. And so what are the stars then that are cast down the earth since there's no other mention? It's the stars of the woman, including the woman, they are cast down to earth. And they represent one-third of the stars of heaven. And we know there are three groups of angels that were sent here to this, to this galaxy to create. The cherubim, the seraphim, and the ophanim. And in the first chapter and the tenth chapter of Ezekiel, <clears throat> it talks about the Gilgal, which translated means wheel, which is a literal like vehicle kind of wheel and can even represent uh, what people would call UFOs or Ziths, Z-Z-I-T-H-S or Z-Z-I-T-H-S as we would call them. But there's also the O-Fan, a good considerable use of the O-Fan wheel. When you read it in the Bible, it just says wheel, W-H-E-E-L. And so unless you go to the Hebrew, Chaldean, you do not come across the fact that one of those wheels represents the ophan in the singular, and if you say it in the plural, wheels, plural, add the S to the wheel, wheels, then it's ophanim. And so you have in the Bible descriptions of the seraphim and the cherubim and the ophanim. And so that's, a, that's three parts. So there's a third, a third, and a third. And one third of them is cast down to earth. And here's the story of it right here in the 12th chapter. 
And those third are represented in the twelve stars, the crown of the woman. And Jesus was called chief of the morning stars because the Ophanims were called morning stars. For a while, Lucifer took that, that title when he, as a cherub, according to the Bible, was assigned over the uh, angels during the time of the, when Yaviel was in creation with a group of angels doing the creations on the earth. And then there was a breakdown, and then he claimed that he didn't do wrong, and so he's held on to that title ever since. So we have two uh, entities uh, that claim the title of, of the morning star, or, or son of the morning. Interesting. And one-third of these, these stars were cast down to earth. Now, in this book that I started reading from last week, called The Gospel of the Stars, which is a you know, very old book going back to 1884 by Joseph A. Seiss. Uh, there's several incredibly interesting things in here. Um, this is called The Gospel of the Stars. And um, this uh, story here, uh, let me turn over to it and just read something that I found very interesting. It says, speaking of this, the serpent, who the Bible says in Revelation, the serpent and, and the devil is also the dragon. Here is the serpent in all forms of the manifestation and particularity, the dragon, wound about at least one half, now get a hold on this, wound about at least one half of the northern sky, his tail alone extending over the territory of the third part of the stars. John beholds this in Revelations, the great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. We read you the seven, the seven heads being these seven demonic powers. And then there's the satanic trinity. You take the seven and the three, you get ten. And this whole story ties together. There is the the ephedral aspect of it. There is the astronomy aspect of it, in which there is literally, in astronomy, in the constellations, this vast figurative asterism, if we want to call it that, called Draco, D-R-A-G-C-O, which translates or also means the dragon. And his tail does wind around. Interestingly, it winds around the what's called the little bear. That was an improper in translation by uh, people applying uh, Greek uh, improperly. But, but it, it, uh, it applies to, uh, you know, to, to the little sheepfold, which is the proper translation. And in that little sheepfold, one of the stars that's in that, that Asia Minor called the little sheepfold or the little bear is the star Polaris, which is now the pole star to Earth. But it didn't, it used to be, before that, the pole star was in the dragon called Thurban. And it was the pole star to the earth. 
And we're going to talk on some of these things here after a bit because, believe me, they are important. Yeah, they say 6,000 years ago, Drago, the dragon, had in it the, the, the pole star. That was like roughly 6,000 6, years ago, which is, I think it's the second star in, in, in the, the image of, of the dragon called Thurban, T-H-U-B-A-N. This thing of the dragon is even in mythology. In mythology, it talks about the dragon that guarded the golden apples in the famous gar garden of Hesperides uh, 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 and, and was keeping men from being able to get to eat of the, of the trees. Obviously, a story of the Garden of Eden. Neat book. Neat story. Let's go on. Yes, the stars do speak. The gospel is written in the stars. The whole star, a story of the fall of the angels is written in the stars. Now, let's look in the Bible. Let's go to the, to the Bible and let's look at something. Let's look at a very interesting scripture that I think a lot of people are, are not aware of. They're just not aware of. Okay. Let's look in chapter 7 of Genesis. Verse 19. And the waters prevailed, prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward, Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail or prevail, and the mountains were covered, and all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of the fowl and of the f cattle and of the beast and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth and every man, all in whose nostril was the breath of life of that which was, which was in the dry land died. Now when the Bible says that there were eight saved by the by the ark it's talking about as the bible describes it here those people of the dry land that lived upon the dry land earth earth is called land in the book of genesis but it doesn't say that all the life that was in the ocean died or in the waters died nor does it say that any life that was in the air that could sustain itself in the air without having to come back down onto the, to the earth died or to the waters died. So we know by the scripture in Matthew 24 that Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of coming to the Son of Man. <coughs> we know in the teachings that we have done, I can't repeat all those. But as it was in the days of Noah, it's going to happen again in the days of the, son of, uh, of the days of the coming of the Son of Man. There'll be two in the field, one taken, two, two in uh, a bed, one taken, one left, two uh, at a mill grinding, one taken, one left. 
and they're they're caught up to the meeting in the air with the angels. Jesus said that happened before. It happened in the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it happen again in the days of the coming Son of Man. So we know that there were those saved by, by the air. We also know in the scripture I just read that there were those that were not on the land, but they were in the oceans. Now, some of the critters that were in the oceans that did not die, like it to believe it or don't believe it, were the Leviathan, were dragons that lived in the ocean. Some of them going down under the sea. Now, we know that there are strange things, stranger than fiction, that happen all the time that people are just not unaware of. But recently there was a, a quite an earthquake in Chile. And they say that the effect of that earthquake actually moved the earth on, the, on its axis, slightly slowing down the rotation of the earth, changing the, the processionary turn of the earth. Now, as you begin to understand this, you begin to get this into your mind, begin to get this into your understanding. Something happened out there that caused that flood. The manifest tells us that there was something like a comet that went over. And if you wanted to say it sped through the air like a comet, it was like an asteroid, and it, it struck and hit the oceans, what, it's okay. It may not be exactly how I would do it in my teaching, but you begin to get the idea. Because we know that the Bible says that the, that the, that the mantle, the ocean floor, was broken up. And after it was broken up, the waters began to gushing up. You had a tsunami beyond anything that people could ever imagine that flooded over the, the, the globe. And this happened after the Ice Age, because we show it at a different time than what most of, the, of people are showing it to be. <coughs> Excuse me. And so in that understanding, it's very, very interesting. And we're going to make a connection here in a little bit of some outstanding, absolutely awesome things. Well, a while back, uh, I never got to finish the teaching, but you have to understand that when I make statements, that um, these statements that I make, um, they're in a series. And because that they're in a series, that may mean that I, will, I can make a statement, but because I didn't have the time to finish it, that um, it might seem to not be uh, a true statement. For instance, I'm in, I, I mentioned this new um, human-type creation. Uh, I, I'm, let's just call them human-like. 
called the Denisovan Cave Girl, who lived 80,000 years ago and has been analyzed in remarkable detail, claiming that she was a cousin to the Neanderthal. And then I mentioned about if that cave girl lived 80,000 years ago and the dinosaurs were destroyed 70,000 years ago, then there would have been 10,000 years that that woman was alive during the time of these dinosaurs. Now, I didn't get a chance to say that in my teachings, I teach that there are two perishings of the dinosaurs. One that happened more along the timeline of 65 million years ago, the Giantella monsters. And the second group that were involved in Dinosaur Parish in the 70,000 year period ago. And that is why in the Bible you have all kinds of references to people being aware and having seen dinosaurs. And if you go back into the history of time to almost every nation under the earth, just like they, they all seem to know about the flood, they also seem to know about dinosaurs. And that's because there was a second destruction of, of this second group of dinosaurs, which included in them, because there's a, a reptile um, genetic connection there, of the of the dragons to the dinosaurs. They belong to that family. So, just for the sake of any of you that never qu quite got that story straight, because I never got to really finish it, and we're doing a series, that is the finish of that, that part of the story of the whole doctrine that I teach of these two different kinds of, of species of, and families of dinosaurs and these two different ages apart. And that's how we connected into the fact that there were uh, human-like people alive at that time. Okay. Now, let's move on. We've 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 been talking about, um, you know, various things, um, and we 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 do not want to be too slight in showing the importance of understanding this thing about about the dragons. But we're not quite finished yet with this thing of the of the of the the dragons as represented in the constellations. But um, when we get into this next part, though, of the second string of the 
of the primitive earth past, and we're talking about actual, literal living dragons, then we are getting into uh, some very interesting transmissions. And um, we, we consider, like in these points that we're referring to, that number one, as I said, historically, there are world records of most nations all over the world that have paintings, that have drawings, that have inscriptions about the existence of dragons, which we will call a species of the reptilian family. Now, fairly recently, there was the discovery of a dragon. They didn't call it a dinosaur. They called it a dragon. They didn't name it after a, a dragon. They named it after a, I'm, pardon me, they didn't name it after a dinosaur. They named it after a dragon. And uh, they found a complete skeleton. And this was found in the Carpathian Mountains of Romania. And they discovered that, um, that this particular dragon was, their bones were fused. And, and they, was in a, they were like built in sort of a honeycomb lattice. And the bones were extremely strong, but they were hollow, which would allow it, of course, to have a tendency to be able to become airlifted. And the story begins way back in time. They, they're guessing, but they say possibly the late Cretaceous period, which is a long time ago. But there was this fellow called Jack Tanner, and he was a paleontologist. And um, he tells this story about how that he also discovered a T-Rex, which is a Tyrannosaurus rex. And there was a talent mark found on the skull of this T-Rex. But also found on the skull of this T-Rex was carbonated proof that this T-Rex was killed by a blast of fire upon its head, which they believe came from a dragon. Now, there's a lot of things when you start talking about dragons that people are going to say, hey, that's just crazy. Those people are out of the loop. Not scientific. I don't think the science scientists have anything to talk about. There have been so many things of the past turn out to be not correct. There are so many things that they are discovering that is putting a lot of things that they did believe in on the shelf. They found a mark, yes, on this T-Rex where the talons of some huge critter just bore a hole right into its head, and then this fire was breathed out upon its whole skull, and it killed it. But obviously that battle caused the death of the, the dinosaur, or not dinosaur, but the dragon, 
So they found his body. Now some people said, well, yeah, that don't make sense. There's no no critter, no creation with a fleshly body that can have fire come out of it. You don't know that. You're just talking about stuff you don't know. They found the bomber, the the the, the bombardier uh, beetle, which can emit liquid at a temperature of over two hundred degrees Celsius. They have found worms and other types of biological creatures in the deeper places of the ocean that they've ever been before. That come in and out of, they, they, they live in boiling water. And they just know how that can be possible, but biologically they have adapted to it. This Tanner says that what has happened is that hydrogen, methane, oxygen, and Palladium all mix within the gut of the dinosaur to allow it to create this blast of fire and that its mouth, throat and mouth are of a nature that it is built to be able to sustain the heat of that fire. I know that right in Edmonton there is a movie theater and hoist it up in the air over the balcony this huge dragon ever so often has a blast of fire several feet long come out of it why do they do these things well because there's a story out there an animal world as i said earlier they they did a story on the dragons a video, pretty interesting, along the line of some of the suggestions of this Dr. Tannell. Now, I want to get into people not jumping the gun, not just automatically saying, ah, no, I don't believe that. Ah, no, there can't be. Because there are species out there that have not been discovered yet in the oceans. And there is a deep out there in the ocean, and there are caves. And there are people all over the world that have claimed that they have seen things like the Loch Ness Monster and different ones. We, You know, some of these people weren't just crazy. Someone says, ah, yeah, but it's imagination. Some of it could be all right. But then they say that same thing about UFOs. And there are millions of people that believe that they what they saw, they saw. So a person should not just jump the gun. You should back off. There's too much out there that has not been known. And when the Bible says there were dragons, then ladies and gentlemen, there were dragons. Now, they say that it's also in addition to having wings, because their wings were not literally large enough to have been able to hoist up the body by theirself, but the fact that they had the light bones that were hollow 
and the fact that they had this hydrogen in them, it was the gases, the hydrogen methane that that allowed their bodies to rise and to be able to then with the wings be directed through the air to fly. That's the story. I find it interesting. They say that the original dragons, because there was different groups just like of dragons, like there were groups of of dinosaurs, lived in the same time with the, uh, you know, with, with several like the, the 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 different ones like the Triceratops and um, the Edmontosaurus. All of those different ones lived at roughly the same time. The Tyrannosaurus. And in this one cave that we start talking about that they found in Romania, first they found 15th century skeletons of knights. And then later they found the skeleton of the dragon. Now we know that there's been different kinds. There's the aquatic marine dragon, which we're going to talk about, which is like the leviathans. And in China speaks about wingless dragons. But we want to talk a little bit about the importance of water. We, we've already covered this subject, but I just want to real quickly go over a little of this because it is so important. Because this thing about water is both physical and spiritual. Spiritually, Jesus said in 738, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And John 3, 5, you must be baptized in water to be born of water. And in Genesis 1, 20, it says the waters brought forth life. And in Genesis 2, 10, it speaks of Eden had four rivers that came out of it. And the Holy Manifest talks about the Moran creatures created in the waters. And they were told to multiply in the earth. And we read that to you, how that the scripture, the Bible says that the life began in the waters. And then, and, and that the, the, even the creation of the fowl. So the idea of flying is tied in to the reptilian aspect of those kind of creatures that are are water uh, type of aquatic uh, uh, you know entities, and then it says in Genesis one six, you know that that they 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 you know first came out of the water. Creation was made out of the waters. And you can find that in Genesis one uh, that in one twenty one uh, and one twenty two that that the fowl go to the uh, that the fowl that are made out of the waters go to the earth and begin to multiply in the earth instead of in the waters and the seas. So we see a change. We see a transformation taking place. But that's all in the Bible. 
And we see that there still remained some of those dragons and, and, and dinosauric reptilian type that stayed in the seas, but others that went over to the land and then stayed upon the land. Some became amphibious. They were both water and, and land. But we know that a lot of these living creatures of the, of the sea uh, were not uh, destroyed by the flood because it was the people on the land that were destroyed. Because after all, the, the, the thing was mostly directed against the punishment of humans. And, and that was the point. So we see then, in, as I said in Genesis 1.20, that the waters were to bring forth life. And, and they did. And I've given you scriptures now, all kinds of scriptures, that the, that the Bible tells about you know, the dragons. There's lots of scriptures. Okay. And then this thing with the waters. Um, we, we, we see some extremely interesting things. Um, we see how that um, in, the, in the book of Genesis, um, it talks about the four rivers that come out of Eden. And um, in um, chapter 63, uh, or pardon me, in number 6377, by association to number 2343, um, we, we, we see something very interesting as there is a reference, um, you know, to the land of Havilah. Um, now, I know I'm sort of conglomerating you today. I'm sort of jumping around. But I, I've told a lot of these things before. And, and, and we have the description of the, of the Pison, as I like to call it. Uh, and, and when we look at, the, at this of the four rivers that that came out of of the the river of Eden, uh, the one is is like the story of the Birdman, and we find uh, you know uh, in sixty three thirty five from the Hebrew root uh, that there's all kinds of of meanings there, uh, as the Pison is tied in going to the land of Havilah. And that that has to do something with uh, circular and something that has to do with twisting away, like twisting away from the light. So that these four rivers in their association, even like 6377, associates to the python serpent. And we have these other kind of, of, of associations where... Uh, and I don't have the time to really do a full teaching on this, but but um, uh, the Bible talks about the Leviathan being twisted in folds, which then you know connects to this idea of twisting away, and and you could take all these different names and all these different uh, relationships, and if I was to go down like uh, and I was to take uh, you know uh, the Gihon. Uh, I could show where the Gihon River that came apart, that that, that word is actually uh, connected to uh, to meaning stomach, and and uh, and we call the Gihon the serpent people, and where the Bible said uh, 
in Genesis to the serpent in the book of Eden from now on because of what you've done by uh, saying these things and interfering with Eve, uh, you will go on your belly for for the rest of your life. Uh, now people say, well, that's the snake. But it's not exactly like that by any means. But the gaihan, ha- which, which associates to the meaning of 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 the of the belly of the stomach um is revealed when you really get into the into the deep meaning of these words and when you get into the deep meaning that that the the like the python goes out around the land of havila and and each of these four rivers like sort of circle around the land uh, and they they're connected in that circling we begin to see then uh with a little bit of establishment it doesn't take very much that they are genetic rivers, and and uh, once once we really get that connection with all the other uh, scriptures that I've given you, uh, it 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 really really uh, becomes a revelation. There there's even found on an old um, uh, stone on the mountainside of um, uh, uh, Botswana, Africa, that. Uh, there is found a a python stone they call it with with a with a serpent uh you know that is drawn upon it and this is very very old so this this uh you know uh gaihan and python of man uh that were involved in the garden of eden genetically is much more drawn out and that's not my teaching today but if it were uh why could we ever get into the details but there are all kinds of scripture references I've given you already, like in Gen- uh, Revelation seventeen fifteen, where it says that the waters represent people, nations, kindred, and tongues. And it's Isaiah 8, 7 through 8, that talks about uh, the representation uh, that is, is given there uh, as to these uh, particular aspects of um, uh, of uh, people coming as an army, like the, uh, you know, uh, they come across the land as an army, but then they're described as a river. So the idea of waters of rivers is tied in gene- genetically, and uh, and then we we see that the Levitican, uh, the Leviathan is tied into Rahab uh, in the Bible. Uh, Psalm seventy four fifteen. Also check out Psalms eighty nine ten, and so that gives it a, a feminine aspect. Uh, and so we have uh, both a feminine type of uh, dragon and we have the male. One's represented more on the land, one represented, uh, you know, in the uh, sea. And uh, so as we begin to get into the, these uh, uh, revelations, uh, it's, it's no wonder why, you know, that the ocean covers 71% of the Earth's surface and contains 95% of the planet's water. Uh, and 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 yet, ninety-five percent of the underwater uh, world remains unexplained, and uh, also that the ocean supports nearly fifty uh, percent of all species uh, on Earth, and 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 they've also, uh, you know, uh, come to understand that the water world of the Earth contains ninety-nine percent of the living space of the Earth, um, uh, and that. The, that the five oceans that exist in the, in the world today cover 70% of the Earth's surface. And 
<laughs> it's just it's it's so interesting because even glaciation is is tied into to water just like all the oceans are tied into water and and uh the these things that have happened with the the moving of the ice the ice ages the glaciation all those kind of things uh they have affected civilization uh these different effects of the water have caused droughts and and uh, and it ha- that has destroyed uh, great civilizations in South America, in Asia, uh, uh, in the, the Egyptians uh, were destroyed at a time their whole whole system stopped for a while when when the Nile just all but drew uh, dried up, and uh, there there are things uh, you know just happening that's absolutely interesting and important, uh, just like. Uh, that dragon that they discovered uh in Romania that I talked about and uh you know the the um the name that they gave it was um uh, Balor uh Bondor a uh, Bondock Balor Bondock uh and that actually means stocky dragon and uh, and I mentioned how about it being unearthed in Romania uh by the geologists and interestingly connected to the uh, Transylvanian Muse- Museum Society. Now, Transylvania is where the story of, um, of, of the, uh, and this is very, very, very interesting, and I'm not trying to make an actual connection, but, but, but this is the story of the, this uh, person who is dead, and he lives in a, a coffin, uh, and then uh, he he can only be killed a certain way, and then when he rises, uh, he's bloodthirsty. Now you know who I'm talking about, and this bloodthirsty person that goes out and kills people and then sucks their blood, and he can also fly like a bat. Well, this that story comes from from uh, Transylvania. And and uh, it's interesting that this story of the dragon uh, comes from there. Now, I don't think that uh, that 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 story of the of this uh, you know uh, blood sucking uh, human uh, who lives eternally is a uh, uh, is a uh, you know an actuality, but except in the symbol symbolistic aspect of it, there is something really comparative. Uh, to to Satan, and and uh, so I think that um, uh, that is uh, really really not something just to look at and and just not pay attention to. I think the dragons are are an evil force. They they are something that Satan has created, and we've we've told the story about how that Satan was involved uh, in the creation of uh, you know of, of the. Um, the dragons and and of the dinosaurs now if we if we if we if we go back in time uh there's some extremely uh just almost unbelievable stories that that can be gotten into uh and and we we you know we do want to get into those stories and we do want to to reveal them to you uh uh some of these things that I want to say is almost too much for people to to be able to 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 receive and believe. But let me see if I can get a couple of these out real fast. Um, uh, we told you the story about how that uh, Satan 
uh, moved to uh, to Mars, and then uh, he was chased out of there, and then he went to to uh, Saturn, to the moon of Saturn. Well, there's a whole lot more to that story about Saturn, and I'm probably going to mostly have to tell you about that. But I want to show how that um, that uh, uh, Satan um, uh, was. Uh, you know, uh, uh, followed after by the uh, cherubim serbims, even after he went to uh, to uh, uh, with his with his um, uh, you know uh, followers of the Nephilim, uh, and he took them to preserve them uh, on the moon of uh, one of the moons of Saturn. He was followed there later by the um, cherubim seraphim, and how that that uh, there was a, a war there that happened, and. Uh, from that war that happened, how that there was a uh, a, a, a big sun flare, and out of that, an, like an an, an 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 asteroid that came out of Saturn, and that asteroid is what came down and smote the Earth, and uh, and caused the uh, the first group of dinosaurs to be destroyed. Uh, and and how that there are all of these connections, like for instance, both Mars and Saturn are mentioned in the Bible, and there's a whole story. And hopefully, you know, next week I can get more into the rest of the dragons, and I can get into the story uh, to tell you about uh, uh, the dragons, uh, how that uh, uh, the the dragons and and this story of of Saturn, you know, actually go together. Uh, how that Saturn was actually one of the wandering stars, which is the, uh, you know, the Grecian name for planet, and how that this whole plan that Satan had for Saturn and Mars was far greater than anyone would would ever speculate about, and and uh, the rings around Saturn, what caused that? That, that there is a story that ties into what caused the rings around Saturn. Uh, I, I want to get into uh, uh, the, um, you know, the, the uh, age of Ion a little bit, uh, how that, uh, you know, the, the uh, water is becoming, going to become a problem on the Earth. And, uh, you know, a lot of the water is drying up. And as the water is drying up, it's, it's going to cause... Uh, Great disasters, uh, you know, and when I say drying up, I'm talking about the 3% of fresh water. All the rest of the water is salt. And so unless they find a way to use salt water, and I know that Saudi Arabia does at a very expensive way uh, have something figured out to convert salt water, but it is the wrong way and it puts a lot of debris that is not good for the ocean back into the ocean. So uh, I, I, I want to be able to reveal that story, and I want to be able to show how that, uh, that you know, that, that I have um, been working on for some time, but I can only work on it a little at a time, that uh, I have created, uh, you know, some methods for being able to uh, convert water. Um, uh, I want to share the story of um, uh, Velikovsky, a Russian scientist, who uh, had some uh, interesting ideas about a, a Saturn reality quite different from all the rest of the uh, astronomers and how that uh, the um, Astro-Babylonian belief uh, was that uh, 
Saturn was actually a dark star. It was the sun of night. Uh, interesting that that is the planet that uh, that he you know he took his uh, um, his, his uh, uh, creation. Saint took his creation people to. It's 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 just it's just so fabulous and so interesting. Um, I I want I just want to share all these things. Uh, it's it's quite frustrating. Uh, you know, with the time that we have, uh, that we just seem to not be able to, to, to get into all the stories that I want to share because uh, they're so connected, they're so involved. Uh, the age of ion that I talked about has a two parts to it. Uh, it has just the ION, age of ION, uh, which is, you know, uh, something about a special... Uh, atomic uh, thing that will be happening that is going to uh, cause uh, you know things in uh, the universe to to have a change to it, um, but it also ha uses in the title um, uh, after the I a super R, which is a high R, and makes it read I R O N, uh, additionally to I R O N. Which uh, which uh, use, makes it to become a Hebrew word meaning reverence to God, and uh, we'll we'll uh, try to get into that. Uh, we're trying to get into this thing uh, that I am working on just a little bit. I can't get into it too much. Um, that has to do with um, the salt and and how to um, uh, to uh, not distill it, but I'll just use that word. Uh, in a way that will allow uh, it to be um, converted uh, so that you have pure water and none of that uh, debris goes back into the ocean. Uh, I will get into a little bit of that new kind of uh, uh, creation that I have in mind uh, to make salt uh, to turn into a gaseous product and be able to be vaporized from the waters. And the method that, um, to a simplistic, simplistic extent, uh, that I will be using. I'll be using um, Avogadro's uh, numbers, um, which have to do with uh, discovering the atomic mass, number of atoms uh, that are in the molecular um, mass, and, uh, and how that, uh, you know, that whole process uh, will be done to uh, transmutilate uh, and change the conversion of one chemical element or one isotope into another, uh, changing it from, uh, you know, the, 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 the sodium, the salt problem, uh, and making it to be drinkable water. I'll try to get into all of that next week. Uh, oh, my. There is so much I still need to keep covering. I haven't finished the teaching on the rods, but I'm out of time. I'm out of time. And, ah, uh, my, I wish I had more time, folks. But God help us. We will get there. God, reach out your hand right now and touch these people that are sick. Touch these people that are trying to, by their minds, understand this word. Just reach out, God, to them. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and open their minds by the Holy Spirit and heal them in the name of the Father, Son, and Jesus' name.
God bless you. Amen.